Hi, everyone. This is Richard BD. This week on My Matters, Rita Schulte and I will be speaking with Dr. Del Tackett, known for his award-winning series, The Truth Project, a series of classes on worldview, what we think matters to who we are, where we are coming from, and where we are going, when we are going, and why it matters. How does your purpose fit in this world and beyond? Start packing, and we'll unpack what that has to do with you. Del Tackett on My Matters. Stay with us. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. You cannot define yourself in reference to other external coordinates. You must define yourself internally with your relationship with a higher entity. Stop it! and listen to what really matters. Join counselor and author Rita Schulte and me, Richard Beatty, in renewing your mind because your mind matters. So come on in and join us. You're about to take what could well be the most important tour of your life. It's going to be a worldview tour. We are going to turn and gaze upon the face of God. What should we hear? What should we see? You are going to be amazed. Why did Jesus come into the world? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know? From time to time, we're going to bring some experts into the classroom. The world is reeling with uncertainty. It's almost like it's in the air. Truth is fundamentally about who God is. We're challenged to either confront culture, to abandon it, or transform it. Is our culture filled with lies? This is a battle of worldviews. Do you really believe that what you believe is really real? Evil, what is it? Where did it come from? Why is it in the world? Who is God? Who is God? Who is man? What does God say about who man is? What takes us captive? What is insanity? What is the world's view of work? God is a God of social order. We're going to look at economics, art, media, music, and literature in this sphere of labor. We're going to look at the area of philosophy and ethics. Everything is about relationships. There is no direction you can travel in which God has not spoken. I want us to look at the answers that we get from both Christians and non-Christians. Rita, Dr. Del Tackett is on the show this week and next week, too. I've uh, I've known Del Tackett from my days at Focus on the Family. He is a truth seeker. And in a world of relativism, what we see is not always what we get. Uh, Del Tackett, who teaches worldview, has gone beyond just the basics of the Truth Project. He has created a set of tours. His latest worldview tour is a tour of the human mind, our purpose, and how that all comes back to seeking the face of God. Well, I like what Del said in his introduction. He says he hopes this tour will make our knees buckle, yet more likely it will trouble us deeply. Most of all, Dr. Tackett says, I hope it rocks the status quo. Dr. Dell Tackett, welcome to Mind Matters. <laughs> Thank you, Rita. Thank you, Richards. Good to be with you all. Yes, uh, Dell, uh, let's start with the notion that this should and will trouble us, and every journey in life has an aspect of a worldview struggle. Why is that? Well, it's because the one's personal 
worldview. I'm not talking about the formal worldview, which is the thing you can read in a book. You know, you can read about Islam, you can read about uh, uh, secular humanism, you can read about all kinds of worldviews in a book that lay out its truth claims. You can read the Bible, you can read a book on Christianity, systematic theology. But what I'm interested in is one's personal worldview, and that is the uh, the truth claims that you have uh, bought so deeply, whether those are true or false, but you've bought them so deeply that you believe uh, they reflect what is really real, and therefore they drive uh, how you think, how you act, and even emotionally, uh, how you feel. And so it's that personal worldview that is behind our actions and our feelings, um, the things we say to other people, our perspectives on life. The reason is because uh, the Truth Project was primarily dealing with uh, the truth claims of God. And those truth claims as they exist in all spheres of life, all 360 degrees of life. And for the most part, evangelical Christians, as we should be, we hunger for truth. We love truth. And not to be overly critical, but we love to get another five or six pages in our truth notebook. And so uh, the Truth Project, and I'm not saying it it wasn't tough for some people. It hit some people pretty hard. I'm talking in general. uh, People, um, evangelical Christians, uh, enjoy the process of taking in, getting truth in. Um, the engagement project is, is, is now saying, okay, what do you do with all that? You know, is it, is it the Lord's will for us just to get a lot of knowledge, uh, to be able to know a bunch of stuff or is the, the truth like, like water for, uh, for a garden, uh, just because you have water doesn't mean that you've had a successful gardening experience here. Uh, there's a lot of work, there are actions, there are things that, that truth compels us to do. Uh, the engagement project is is doing that. So it's not uh, it's not it's not the easy take in. Uh, what's our what's our purpose here? So it's calling for action on a lot of levels. Then that's exactly right, and that's why we call it the engagement project. We're talking about how how do we engage uh, the world uh, around us? In fact, I'm I'm convinced. We talked about this. We talk about this in the engagement project that. Uh, we really need to think of the the epic in the larger worldview meta narrative of God. The epic that we live in today uh, is what I would call the epic of engagement. That's why we're still here. That's why Jesus left, and why He left us here. Awesome. Well, at a time in our world when you know we've been homebound for practically well over two years, and small groups uh, in community are done in the home. Where can people find these communities? Well, that's true. You know, we've been through this uh, COVID scare. We've been uh, bound up, uh, isolated, uh, and all of that wasn't new. I mean, we'd already been on a track of isolation. Our our electronic devices, I'm not saying they're evil, but we need to be careful how we use them. And oftentimes they drive us into a position where we're really not relating to people. You know, we're... Uh, connecting, maybe, you know, maybe we get some likes and so forth. But in terms of deep relationships, um, not only are real, we really not doing that, uh, but in many cases, a lot of people are afraid of those kind of deep relationships. They really don't know what, what they look like. Um, but we as believers, uh, God has given us 
the understanding of what a true relationship is. First of all, based upon who is the triune yes. God. Uh, and secondly, based upon his relationship to us and our relationship to him uh, and what he calls us to in terms of relationships uh, one with another, the husband and the wife, the parents and the children, how we treat each other uh, in the community at work and, and so forth. So those relationships are bound up in the heart of God. That's why he has created us as relational beings. And uh, when we isolate, um, we suffer, and all kinds of pathologies then uh, begin to brew uh, within us and within our culture. Yeah, you couldn't be more spot on, Dr. Tackett. I mean, I see that as a therapist, the piece of people I counsel, and it's I speak around the country on uh, grief and trauma and suicide, and it's no shock that loneliness has been an epidemic problem in our mm. culture used to be just for older people, but now we're seeing that with the younger generation. So the kids who are supposed to be the most connected, right? Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, all of this stuff are really the ones that are taking their lives at an alarming rate. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for 10 to 34 year olds right now. Yeah. And that's, so, I mean, that's just totally tragic, uh, yes. you know, for, for people who really uh, if we speak just simply from kind of a worldly perspective, but also from a spiritual perspective, they have their life in front of them. They have uh, all of of what God has entrusted to them, all that God has um, made purposeful for them, uh, and yet they're ending their life. And um, you know better than I do, but when when people become isolated and lonely, as you know, in the past, we've seen that in in elderly people, and it just destroys them. I mean, I mean, they atrophy, they they weaken. They're not as healthy mentally or spiritually, psychologically. Um, and so now, I you're, you're exactly right. I think we're what we're seeing is the old age isolation pathologies now in our young children. Yeah, it's a real travesty for sure. I think that um, what you said earlier about you know, meaning and purpose and the heart of God, that's what keeps us most fully alive and engaged. Mm -hmm. Because when we know the purpose God has for our lives, man, you know, we can walk in that. It may not be easy, but we feel that sense of connection. We feel that engagement and we're passionate about our call and meaning and purpose is a huge part of why people are so depressed and suicidal. I really think that's true. And I think it also leads us to uh, also understand what happens to the human heart and mind and soul uh, when it is uh, caught up in that larger story of God. When we recognize and understand that the creator of the universe uh, not only loves me, uh, but he indeed has a purpose for my life. That's why he made me. Uh, and that uh, that purpose involves what I call the modus operandi of God, that he has created us to be fruitful, uh, fruitful in many, many different ways. But we bear that fruit that brings glory uh, to God. But we disconnect ourselves uh, from that story. Uh, and not only do we lose a sense of purpose, but I would submit that we lose our significance uh, and that 
the hunger to be significant is one of the most driving things of the, of the human soul. And so we end up trying to gain that significance from all of the temporal things around us. And we do all kinds of things that uh, are harmful to us. They lead us down wrong paths. Um, but we do that. Why? Because we're so desperate uh, for something or someone to make me feel that I am significant, that I am somebody. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Because most of us, I mean, even Christians, we operate from a sense of deficit. The glass is half empty, not full. And when we realize our true identity in Christ mm. and that his word says that his divine power has given us everything we need for life, not a few things, not some things, but everything is all there if he lives and dwells in us. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, because I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I was talking to um, a client this morning about, you know, addictions and pornography. And Richard and I just did a show uh, last time about that very issue. And so, yeah, we're trying to fill that God-shaped void in our souls with everything but him. And it could be addictions. It could be, you know, workaholic, sleepaholic, shopaholic, alcohol, substances, pornography, whatever it is. And even if they're good things, they still come up void, right? Mm. We still aren't living that abundant Christian life Scripture talks about. That's correct. And, you know, recall uh, Solomon as he's talking about uh, pretty much the same kind of desperate uh, seeking and hunger to find something that's meaningful. And I, when I read that, I, I think of in terms of significance that the you know, what makes me significant? Uh, does does uh, pleasure, you know, he he tried to find it all. He tried yes, to he find did. it in, uh, in, in knowledge and in what we think may be drugs. Uh, he tried to find it in pleasure. He, he said, I, I denied myself nothing. And what he had the, he had the wealth and the power to, to really say, you know, deny myself nothing. Uh, he searched for it everywhere. And he found that it was it was hollow, it was meaningless, uh, and that was because we're made, as you just said, we're made uh, to have that that infinite, that eternal sacrificing meaning uh, poured into our life because of who our Creator is and who we are in His sight, uh, and that is what satisfies us. Remember, Isaiah uh, wrote, uh, God was speaking, he said, you know, why buy bread that can't satisfy? You know, and that's the same thing here. We're desperately hungry uh, to have more likes, you know, to have to have more followers on our page, uh, to have to, to, to be beautiful, to be strong, to be funny, uh, to be rich, to be whatever. Uh, seeking all those things to try and satisfy that longing to be significant that God provides for us freely, um, and those th these are the pathologies that 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 uh, we see all around us. It's it's uh, it's sad uh, to see people who are truly lost and running to and fro. Uh, well, those things I think those things I think become people's identity. Um, you know, I do a lot when you just talked about beautiful, thin, I do a lot of work with eating disordered kids and adults, and that's what they're searching for. 
they're searching for these things to fill them. And the the hard thing about that is when we take the hook for that, I mean, it works on some level, right? Like you said, we get the likes sometimes, we get the pats on the back, you know, uh, everybody's noticing us. The problem is it's either not sustainable or we've got to run on what I call a performance treadmill to keep getting it. You can't ever rest. But when you, you know, because when you put your source of value in anything but Christ, it's always going to be up for grabs. So you always got to run on that treadmill to keep making yourself okay with the culture or everybody around you. And that's exhausting, as I said. But when you put your identity and your value and worth in Christ, it's in cement. Because Jesus said, if you decide to trust me moment by moment, I'm going to meet all your needs. That's exactly right. That's his promise to us. And that's what we uh, experience. Um, those now that doesn't mean we're perfect, you know, no. but um, for those of us who uh, who come back to that, you know, when our mind begins to pull us off somewhere else, um, it, we come back again to the reality of what God has declared to us of who he is, who we are as his children uh, and what his promises are to us. And the depth, as much as we can understand the depth and and the height and breadth of the love of Christ that has been poured out for us, Mm. there isn't anything in the world that can come close uh, to satisfying the soul in comparison to what Christ has done for us. Nothing. Dell, I want to talk a little bit about um, how your classes, your talks, and your tours have developed into such technologically advanced curriculums and still maintain a folk kind of serendipity quality, very accessible to people. How how do you do that? Well, I don't have a, a magical answer for you on that. It's just, if that's the case, then, you know, thank you, Lord. I'm, I see myself as just simply a simple uh, guy, grew up on a farm, um, the Lord was gracious to give me common sense. And, um, and so I, I see, that's why I call myself a tour guide because it isn't about me. Uh, it's all about him. It's all about the jewels in the cave. It's all about, uh, taking people on a tour and, and pointing and hoping, uh, to see people hanging out the window going, Ooh, and awe, and, uh, and maybe even plop back down in their seat after seeing him and, and saying, Oh my, that's that's what I want. That's what I long for. And uh, so the the things that we do in in the productions, if you want to call them that, uh, are meant uh, to help people become stimulated in their thinking and their minds. But it's primarily to draw their attention to the heart of God, to the nature and character of God, and the and the truth that He has declared to us. Uh, which allows us again to understand, read as we were saying, who he is and who I am. You get those square. If you get those two things square, then the rest... You're going to crush your life. That's what you're going to do. You're going to crush it. And I love that. That's beautiful. You know, that's exactly... That's that's what it's all about. And you've had so many intersections when you think about the Focus Institute at uh, Focus on the Family and then all of the changes that have happened uh, in your life and uh, and your career in ministry. How is support right now and, and participation as well as interest for the engagement project? 
Well, it's it's very interesting you ask that. Uh, you may know uh, a lot of people have uh, participated in the Truth Project. God has taken out all over the world. It's almost one of the very unique uh, products, if you want to call it that, in Christianity, because estimates are that over 20 million people have been through the Truth Project all over wow. the world. And that has happened without advertising, without the traditional marketing. Um, I didn't want to market it because I wanted it done in a small group in someone's home, led by someone who's committed to pray for those people. Because I didn't care about selling DVDs. I cared about what was happening, the transformation of, of people. So God has multiplied that and taken that all over, over the world. Um, the engagement project, uh, we filmed it. I don't know if you guys know this. We filmed that in December 2019, just before the, you know, the, somebody pulled the crazy cord and everything went, you know, bozo. But we are now, this is the first year really where we are now beginning to hold those conferences uh, to uh, train people to lead engagement project groups. And uh, we're, we're getting uh, smaller numbers than we had with the Truth Project. It could be a lot of reasons for that. Number one, we don't have the mega voice uh, that we had when Focus published the Truth Project. The other is I think that people are a little more reticent to to come out and go to things uh, like this. Number three, it's uh, it's just doesn't sound as exciting as the Truth Project. And so I think all those together. But from my perspective, it doesn't matter because if God starts, um, you know, if we have 100 people at a conference and those people open up their homes and 12 people come in and they begin to pray for them and so forth, and then that, that 100 is impacting uh, 1,200. And those in turn open up their home and that will spread. That's how the Truth Project spread. And, and you know, there are small groups in the Middle East um, all over uh, because of that multiplication process. And I think that's actually according to God's modus operandi. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's put his hand on it. So can you tell our listeners about your personal journey and your calling and how you got involved with this? Mm. I mean, I know your heart is to connect people to God. And I, I love that because I use the spiritual disciplines a lot with my clients, you know, silence and solitude, having people sit with father and having him speak into their heart. Cause mm. once that occurs, you know, they don't need me. Right. And I think you're setting up a platform to allow people to really engage with the heart of God. And that's where real change happens. Well, I, I think probably the best way to to characterize my journey, I mean, I grew up on a, on a small farm. Uh, there, there really wasn't a time in my life where I didn't believe in God, um, that I wasn't reading his word. I'm not sure I really truly understood what Christ had done for me uh, until I was in pilot training in the Air Force. And then uh, it just all of a sudden became crystal clear um, and so I, uh, you know, I did what we're supposed to do, you know, to, uh, to, um, give my, give my heart to Christ and, um, so forth. But, uh, the thing that happened to be primarily, I, I happened to be, uh, in the white house. I was serving in the Bush, um, Bush one administration. And it was there that, uh, I began to read a lot of, uh, writing from the, founding generation and to understand uh, what God was leading them to the vision that they had, I believe was a, a godly vision 
uh, for what they wanted to do, what they wanted to see happen. And then in my job at the White House, I was I was looking at all these um, I was turning over these rocks and seeing things that were very contrary, I guess you could say, to that uh, original vision. And so the first thing God did was he broke my heart for the state of our nation. But then he broke my heart for the state of the body of Christ, because I realized that the state of our nation was simply reflecting the state of the body of Christ. And so that is when the Lord just basically, you know, hit me with a two before uh, and put that heavy hand on your back. And I had to do everything I could, uh, my small part, to get the body of Christ healthy. And so, you know, my life changed uh, from, I guess, what you w- would call a, an onward and upward vocational pathway to uh, now, I really had no clue, but I just knew I had to do something uh, to to help the body of Christ get healthy. And I was convinced the first thing that had to happen is that we had to reestablish that biblical worldview foundation in in the hearts and minds of God's people and and um, that that eventually led to the truth project and and uh, the other things uh, from that who is Jesus the um the cross-examined TV show uh, the is Genesis history movie all of those were laying down that that worldview foundation and um and then that brings us now to an engagement project which I think is the next the next step. But all through this, uh, it has been uh, the Lord who has reached in over and over again and basically snatched me up. And the next thing I knew, I'm flying through the air and I land somewhere. And I think that I've always thought that's because, you know, God knows I'm I'm just clueless sometimes. And uh, so his, his gentle nudgings are not sufficient. He has to grab me by the scruff in the neck and, and take me, take me somewhere. But I'm thankful for it, you know, that the Lord has has um, been gracious uh, to to lead me in that way. And I'm I'm very, very excited about what's going on and thankful to him for it. Next time when we get together, we'll, we will speak further about this continuous tour called Life and a short course on obstacles. Dell, please tell us how people can get in touch. Well, the best way to do that is through uh, the website. Uh, it's just delltackett.com. And uh, that's that's where you'll find all the events and everything else. I'm Richard Beatty. Mind Matters is a Sound Century presentation and a Crawford original radio program. For renewable resources, go to RitaSchulte.com. Have a great week. And remember, that's spelled S-C-H-U-L-T-E.